I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed. This is Marek Larwood. Hello, podcast listeners. Uh, hello to you. We're going to talk about uh, some more movies this week. Shock horror. Um, now, one that I've been wanting to uh, catch up on a, for a while, I've managed to. And it turns out you have too. Uh, isn't How that right? How do you know? How do you know this? Uh, well, we do occasionally talk briefly before we press record. Okay. Yeah. It is Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. The, uh, uh, a film many were saying was overlooked for the Oscars because it came out at the time of you know the worthy films um, what's that in the background angle grinder oh yeah 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 I, I wasn't I thought it wasn't noisy enough here with the sirens and the dogs so um, I've asked someone to do some angle grinding next door oh that's really nice because yeah. sometimes you want to listen to a podcast and think I really want some really background <laughs> some angle grinding I want to get away from the quiet peace of my normal life well yeah the, the few occasions we've recorded it round at yours I found the Birds tweeting and the breeze invasive. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Nightcrawler, what is it about, please? Nightcrawler, it's about a character called Lou Bloom, who is played by Jake Gyllenhaal, who is a sort of uh, creepy man who starts out uh, uh, stealing scrap metal from building sites at night and uh, in order to make a bit of money and ends up coming across a profession he hadn't really been aware existed, which is... Uh, being the first on the scene with a video camera to film traffic an- accidents and stabbings and crimes basically in the night so you can sell your footage to the news and this becomes a sort of strange obsession of his I think it's there are other rival news crews you recognise the new Bill Paxton being uh, the main one isn't yeah uh, and that's it really it's the main story that's the story but it's a character piece about him and the lengths to which he is willing to go to get the story and it's a satire on modern news media as a result what, what did you think of it what i think what a brilliant new psychopath he was fantastic wasn't he i think he's great in this i mean uh, it, he can sometimes people i know he, he always gives people a bit a bit there's something otherworldly about uh him he's but when he's in roles that use that to its full advantage is when he's at his best I mean the reason he's famous is because of Donnie Darko which was fantastic he was Mm. playing a nice normal kid who just has this weird edge to him and it worked perfectly there's something in his eyes and in this playing Lou Bloom it again he has just got 
something terrifying going on. Oh, I, th- I think it's great. Um, I think they should have been nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. I think it was one of... It's one probably because it's more a thriller than a real sort of heavy, meaty piece. And that's what's good about piece. it. Yeah. It's a thriller but with uh, uh, and a piece of social commentary but maybe his character's so I don't know if his character uh, is he sort of slightly Asperger's or something I think there's well, something wrong with him well he's sociopathic definitely yes. yeah um, but it's just uh, pacey it's exciting because the backdrop of, sort of all these things happening in the news and uh, it gives you it's, you know it's got that moral question of you know what is Right, Rene, Rene Russo plays a great cameo in it as yeah. uh, the head of a new story. Um, I was chatting about this on another podcast called Mirror Carnage, and um, Dan, Dan Lowe, who's been on the show before, said it's got that, that feel, a bit of a feel of network to it, you know, the film network, yeah, yeah. but a modern take on that. I, I really enjoyed it, and it is a th- thriller, and it was everything I, I hoped it, it would be. There's one shot which is great where. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's um, or Gyllenhaal however you pronounce it is talking to his uh, he employs this mad help and film stuff who is he's excellent in it isn't he he's, he's a brilliant um, he's a, uh, a, a brilliant uh, a British actor Riz Ahmed who you yeah. may know as he's the lead in Four Lions the mm. um, the terrorist comedy he's brilliant in this um, anyway there's a bit where he's trying to talk to him and the light catches uh uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's eyes so it looks like he's got no pupils in it I thought oh it just looks like a, a brilliant psychopath he he barely blinks in this film yeah uh, you know he's really uh, going for it but it's so much fun it's so much fun and just somebody who is I, this, the use of language I thought was actually the script was fantastic because this, he's using corporate speech. He should be. A, he should be following these police cars and now. Going in, into Camden. I just stopped. If I go and take my iPhone out there, I could film that and make a, a lot Load of, of money, a lot of dollar, man. <laughs> um, but the the language he uses of corporate speak when he is just sat in a shitty car with a homeless man he's employed, um, and he's caught saying, you know, I, you're going to be. Uh, uh, you know, co-executive or what of the it's, the whole company. He's and the company this, is him and a camcorder. Like it's beautifully. It's himself, a self-taught businessman yeah. who's done one of those awful online courses and just learnt the words uh, almost verbatim and failed to really uh, uh, and sort of applied them without realizing the. Uh, applied them without humanity, basically. Yeah. Without. But I've met people like like that. It's all kicking off, isn't it? Isn't it odd? It's all happening outside. Uh, Outside your house. Is I'm it? having a look now. What's going on? The police are going. It's further down there. Are there anyone? Anyone with cameras? No, it's gone. Drifts I mean, the ti- the timing has been perfect for that to happen. When we're talking about Nightcrawler. Yeah. It's basically that, but without us. Yeah. <laughs> Ruining it. Yeah. Stinking up the joint. Uh, yeah. No. So I. I think everyone should go and see this film. I think it's a really entertaining film. It's written and directed by someone called Dan Gilroy, uh, which is a good uh, sign. He's written, he did, but it says he he did real steel. He wrote real steel. Which yeah. Thought... Now, real steel um, is probably not a Marek Larwood film, uh, but it's a it's a kids film about uh, robot fights. But the script uh, of real steel is excellent it's a very good screenplay because it's about character it's not about look at the shiny robots hitting I've it. seen it I didn't mind it I didn't mind Real Steel I thought it was a good kids film Real Steel and he did The Fall as well which we've um, 
we've talked about, which is a bizarrely stylish piece. Right, which you would never think he did both of those. But this is no. the first thing he's directed. So I think he's going to be directing uh, um, a lot more stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an excellently well-told story, and it, you know, chilling. I mean, the the the, the satire, the satirical element of it is obvious, and uh, and you know, it, it's not, it doesn't really go in depth, but it's it's fun. You know, it's fun that they uh, that they're having a pop at news media and the the lack of morality when actually they're claiming to be the moral compass of society. Yeah, it's just and and the tone is just maybe a couple of notches above realism. A li- do you say not? Yeah, I mean, really, but just a, bit, a little it bit. It does seem to uh, get away with stuff that you would you would hope there would be sort of police follow up to certain things that there just isn't because we want the plot to keep going you know yeah. we don't want it to get stuck somewhere but it's it's a really fun dark film I you know yeah original or well, pretty original great performances pacey um, I, I missed we both missed this at the cinema I don't know why I think it was in a, during a spate of a lot of good films yeah it was the way that came out on um Streaming, but you can buy. I bought it on um, on iTunes. I think it's available on quite a few things now. I bought it on Blinkbox, so yeah, it's it's out on all of the streaming services. Definitely now. worth that three pound fifty in standard definition. Mode. Yeah, it's a pound more to buy something in high definition. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's just the bandwidth, isn't it? That it takes. But it's crazy, isn't it? it doesn't yeah, make any difference no. to me. No. Um, I'm just going to stir this coffee in the background. Maybe you would like to make yourself a coffee. Welcome in, um, to the noise episode. There we are. That's a Snickers bar I had earlier. And they aren't our sponsors. But if you are, <laughs> if you do want to work for Snickers or from any coffee company and you want to sponsor us, p- please do. I also really like Diet Coke. So you, and they've got a lot of money. What would you, what would you like to get sponsored by? Oh, um... I'd quite like to be sponsored by uh, Vic Firth drumsticks. That would be nice to get them for free because they're quite expensive. You know, eleven pounds for a, for a pair of drumsticks. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Expensive things. And Can't you, you just go and them. pick something off? Uh, go, go, it's autumn time. Can't you go around? Well, um, but the hickory. You need they're made. They need to be made of hickory to, for, so to be strong and rigid. But they can take the shock. You see, it's a it's a rare wood. Well, this takes me on to something that's costing me a lot of money. My um, latest sport, Volsball. How is Volsball going? I'm going to plug it because um, I basically uh, no one will be interested because they're all film lovers on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I've been created. I've created a sport called Volsball. V O L F S B A W L. dot com. It's the greatest new sport of twenty first century. To fund the uh, making of the Volksball stand, I've, I've invested in quite a lot of t-shirts been printed. I'm wearing one now. 75 in total. I've sold five, so they've turned into a loss-making That's, um, that's a loss. A loss leader. A loss leader. And I need to uh, sell a few of them to pay for this next steel prototype. The Volksball stand, the centrepiece of yes. this new three-a-side basketball, netball, football hybrid... It's turning out to cost me a lot of money because I don't know why. Well, it's being made on the Isle of Wight. But if you want to find out about my sport, even though it's relevant to films, well, no, because you're going to make a documentary about it, aren't you? So I was going to make a whole documentary. I realised it's going to be a lot of hassle, and no one's interested in it apart from me. So it's basically me having to film myself. But as you've said previously, and I think you mentioned last week as well, um, with American Movie, yeah, people are fascinated by obsession. So all you need to do is just put hey, your obsession. People in America the movie are mentally ill. Yeah, yeah, and people like that as well. Hmm. 
Um, well, anyway, Nightcrawler, we're going to get back to Nightcrawler, night please. How, how many, how many married? Nine. Would you get? I'd give it nine Davids as well. Um, I think it's just a really tight, fun romp, isn't it? These are the films you want to see, not yeah. these superhero bullshit. More of this, more of these inventive films. Like well, ironically, the Nightcrawler is the name of one of the X Men. Um, so, oh, you, do you know what? If you want to talk about any of these. You brought it up. Films. You brought up superheroes. It annoys me because I know they're around the corner. I know it's all in the summer. It's going to be a whole load of them coming out, ruining everything, and having to go and talk to it. And then you can't even find any decent films because they're just packed with this just um, well three D nonsense. You, you think it's going to be bad? I mean, I I am not looking forward to inevitably having to talk to you about these films well I'm not looking forward to well I'm not looking forward to it more so there we go how do you like them it's going to be an absolutely hellish few weeks oh Um, we're here a man man. I mean if you want if you want we can uh, we can ignore them entirely and try and seek out the other smaller films that are getting drowned out by this rubbish if you like I mean, that could be a mission statement for our summer episode. Well, you say that, but then you always seem to go and watch them anyway. Well, I can watch them, but we don't have to talk about them. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm making well, I mean, you an offer. That was a bit of an argument. Um, we had a bit of an argument there. I'm sorry about that, if everyone here too. Uh, well, you've ignored my offer at the end, so let's see. I don't know, because I don't... It's quite... Where, where are we going to find these other films? Well, just Google them. Um, it's possible. There's always stuff coming out. Poor films that have to go up against the Avengers or whatever. And we've had a letter in. Yeah. Who's it from? It, it's from um, a friend of the show, uh, uh, Christine at Short Film Sunday. Oh, yes. And they do. They have a website. Um, if you look up Short Film Sunday, which shows so short films, they pick out one every week. Um, do you want to read it? Sure. Where's, where's... The accent instructions are at the bottom. Uh, well, she says she's lived in 13 different states, so that can be tricky. But if you want to have some fun with Chicago, a la Blues Brothers, she was there for 10 years. Chicago. I don't know how to do Chicago. Is that Chicago? I'm just going to Chicago Town pizza voice. Yeah, do Chicago. It's the same as Chicago. Um, the Chicago Town accent's based on Chicago Town pizza. That's Is that right? That's how they got the name of the city. Chicago. I don't know if any of these syllables are correct. Go for it. Hi, fellas. Hope all is well there. Enjoying the podcast as always. I'm sure there's more, but you were talking about using real-life people in film roles. The one that came immediately to mind for me was United 93. They used air traffic controllers and others who had been on duty on 9-11. Notably Ben Sliney, then FAA operations manager. He was hired as an extra and promoted to play, well, himself. If you can remove yourself a bit and treat it as fiction, it's a genuinely well-done thriller. But it's difficult to separate, particularly when you lost people or even no no survivors. I've never been able to stay in the room for the bit where the hijackers kill the pilots and crew. I like a lot of Paul Greengrass's work, and he's particularly good at some of the tough, based on real events like this. His early work on Omar is good also. He's writer and not director there. Anyhow, there you go. Keep watching the films. Uh, thank you very much. Have you much. seen 1993? I haven't, you know. I did, the idea of watching an entertainment based on 9-11 never appealed. See, I, I couldn't watch it because it felt like it came out too... Too soon. Or yeah. Too soon. I don't uh, know why I want, why I want to watch it. Anyway. A dramatisation of that. Yeah, I don't know. But Something really sat weirdly about that. If it, I just think of the relatives thinking, why are you making a film out of this? Yeah, yeah. So 
just watch it because they made that Nicolas Cage one about um, the fireman, didn't they? So, and that you can see, you can see how that could be. I mean, I've not heard it's brilliant, but you could see how that could be cathartic because it's 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 clearly just making heroes out of the people who risk their lives. Yeah, you know, which is fine. But I, I, we're speaking about a film we've not seen, so you know maybe yeah. we should let it speak for itself. That's but, what's put me off. Yeah, it put me off as well because I just thought I don't want it. it's going to be horrific. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know what happens, so you you know. It's, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, should we talk about the next film then? All right. What is it? Well, I've got to. I'm going to find another email because this was recommended to us by Chaz Hurley back on February the sixth. Um, I'll reread this because we probably read it already. He says. Um, Dear David and Merrick, I know you like a documentary and I know you like a free film. What? So I was wondering if either of you have watched the Adam Curtis documentary Bitter Lake on iPlayer. Um, the atmosphere generated blending the old and new footage together with your Dreamlight soundtrack completely hooked me and I ended up watching it several times listening to Kanye West's Runaway on a loop. Um, so this is a documentary... Um, Adam Curtis is this. Uh, he's made a whole lot of documentaries. Um, I, I haven't seen which were quite famous, but I'm going to look up after watching this. Uh, the Power of Nightmares won a BAFTA on BBC Two, um, and uh, what were they? What was that one about? Do you know? It, it, it uh, it's just about sort of Islamism and uh, stuff. It says here. I'll read out what it's about. It says uh, suggested the parallel between Islamism and it. Um, Arab world and neoconservative in the United States and that they both help inflict a myth of dangerous enemies to draw people to support them. So he's quite a political documentary maker. Uh, what he does is um, he's done stuff for Charlie Brooker as well. He, well in this film Bitter Lake it is, it's free on iPlayer for the next ten months. Okay. And it's, un, his style, I haven't seen other stuff so I can't comment but he's quite famous so I'm confessing my ignorance here, um, but it, it's so watchable because it's completely different to uh, other documentaries you've seen. What he does is he, he selects a load of footage about the. Uh, this is the, the, the theme for this one is Af- Afghanistan, basically the history of the, the war in Afghanistan. Right. So the problem is in the news. My knowledge of it is just the last fifteen, twenty years, and spra- when it comes sporadically into the news, and you're told all these stories. This goes right back to the 1950s and um, the American and Russian involvement and how the, um, the the rulers of Afghanistan at the time, the prince in charge, of, uh, wanted to get the Americans in to help them build dams so they could harness the power and they were interested because of the oil. Then Russia decided they were, you know, wanted to sort of uh, help certain warlords out um, also for the oil and how the things that how they built the dams led to creating a basin where they could um, grow and habitat where they could grow poppies which led to the opium and the, dr- and the drugs being sold which helped fund the warlords it's absolutely fascinating because I think the problem with news now is, uh, it, it, it's it, so short sighted well the, the, word, the word news is just yeah. you know it's just, look at this man with a bullet in his leg this person shot it and that's the, the, all the analysis that you it's get it's harder you know, to you get, get any long form analysis yeah yeah nothing at all uh, and you almost want to say when this I mean there's no start to any story but a rough start of how uh, this modern Afghanistan and the problems that came about and he takes you through the 50s you know 60s 70s with old footage but not just boring footage 
Um, just odd footage of strange things happening. There'd be no reason for it, but it just takes all this weird uh, sort of uh, little bits of news stories of mistakes, people doing odd things, which aren't necessarily a part of the history, or just they just give you this feel to it, so it feels like nothing else. I can't really describe it. Okay. You're almost watching a, uh, a whole load of strange YouTube clips. Or outtakes. Or yeah, but not necessarily, but odd things, and people being odd moments. Yeah. And it sort of changes the way you think about history, really, you know, because you think, what is... He's just selecting different uh, different um, bits of a jigsaw to tell his story and giving it a totally different feel to normal news stories. And his voice is a documentary, I presume it's his voice, uh, of telling you what's happened. It's not constant. In most documentaries, you've got the narrator mm. telling you all the way through. This They're all a bit the world at war, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, this comes in and out for you know, you, you might just see footage and he uses music, there's some like some music from Dry, some brilliant music on that he uses, I don't I know who the artists are. Uh, so it's just footage played music underneath. And you get a, a different sense of of uh, of watching a different experience watching a documentary. So you're watching these other things happening. I just found it uh, fascinating, and his voice wasn't overbearing. It came in at the right times. It's very long; it's like t- over two hours long. So right. it's almost something you can watch as a split experience. But I, I think, and he argues, his main argument is that um, in order for the, the the Western powers to to justify their actions, they've changed, the, they simplified the story of Afghanistan into good and evil. Yes. When it is so that we, that they can uh, uh, explain it and, and they've got the good guy, bad guy things everyone understands. It's too too complicated to go into the fact that there's just hundreds of different groups of warlords with different wants and needs yeah. that have historically have changed with all different... Uh, Oh, I'm too stupid to describe it. <laughs> but it's a very complicated story, and they've simplified it to in order to justify the measures they take. And there's a fascinating bit when they talk to this, this old British, an old British, um, I think, sergeant who was out there 2008, 2009, and he was saying they were killing all the wrong people because they were just having uh, warlords and people come up saying to saying to them, "He's Taliban, that guy's Taliban," and because they knew that the British would shoot the Taliban. Uh, members, you know, so it's just for their own gain. Yeah, they were the... just telling the British, and the British didn't know they had really bad intelligence. They didn't know who's who. They didn't know the twenty years of story that's been brought in. Yeah, and yeah. told he's Taliban, he's Taliban. There's literally hundreds of different factions of groups with different histories working there. And it's you... reminding me of um, the story you describing. It's reminding me of seventy one. Of that, just yeah, you know, a bit, it's, your it's, impossibility of actually comprehending the the truth of it, so yeah. it's easier to believe a lie. That's pretty you, much it, yeah. yeah. So all the and and then eventually all the all the um, the, the groups got, you know started attacking the British troops because they were just killing people who were told were Taliban. They didn't know who were, who was who. So just said, it's, it's interesting. I think it's a fascinating. Well, then watch. They're just mercenaries, if that's all. That was yeah, happening. that's it. They just didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, because they had simplified the whole thing into good and evil, and it wasn't that, and they were misused uh, because of that. Wow. I'm not necessarily giving the best description as usual. What's it called again? It's called Bitter Lake. It's on iPlayer for the next ten, another ten months. Thank you, Chaz Hurley, for recommending this. I think it's Adam Curtis. Uh, uh, well, a documentary maker is a bit of a genius because he, 
you feel different when you I love it when you feel a, yeah. a film makes you change your way of thinking you're, you're watching something at odds with what you normally watch and once you get used to it you think first of all you start off the first 10-20 minutes thinking this is I, this is weird mm. this is just weird bits of footage but once you get sucked into that way of thinking it just it's quite refreshing it's nice to have something that tells you without patronising you yeah a history of of the Afghanistan conflict and I can't believe there's not more things like this which you, know, you always want to go to a place to go what is where are the videos that explain the <laughs> can you explain to me what's happening in this country in a, in two hours in a documentary yeah because it'd be really really useful and I think it's quite nice to hear an impartial voice yes. as well and a fresh voice who's um, got his own ideas and intelligent enough to look into uh, all, all the different things going on from the Western government's point of view. I mean, it's interesting, the whole... Uh, not to get off films too much, but you're right, there's no real uh, analysis or public story of saying what actually has been going on in the Middle East recently. You know, it's all so narrow-minded, short focus. you know? The, you know, most people would go, well, we know that... America invaded Iraq and that had nothing to do with uh, Afghanistan but they tried to link the two of them and that's not true but the, you know the real reasons everyone just goes well it's about oil and sort of dismisses it you just say well that, it, there's more to it's it than just, that it's just simplified yeah, because yeah. It, to make it palatable yeah yeah, but everyone seems sort of happy with that. This sounds very interesting. I'm, I'm going to check it out I think, and it's great the BBC have done this and put this free on their website and they've uh, pushing him and I think everyone would enjoy this Great, great. Well, Bitter Lake. Um, On iPlayer, BBC iPlayer only. For 10 more months. That's a long time. They usually only put things on there for 30 days. Um, well, I think that's us for this week, isn't yeah, it? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's all we're doing. Um, remind you again, if you'd like to write to us, then please do so. Dearfilmfandango at gmail.com and we will read your letters out in the podcast. Um, also, we do all of this for free. Um, so if you'd like to donate towards our running costs then please go to filmfandango.co.uk and follow the links from there even uh, even 20 pence yeah 20 pence 25 pence 2500 pence thank you very much people have donated yes thank you it all goes on everything uh, it, I mean we don't make uh, uh, profit like this it all goes on cinema tickets and paying for the Libsyn to host the uh, yeah host so the thank you very much for, it, for people who have donated yes we'll be back next week keep watching the, the films. films goodbye planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.